Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, The Perils of Racist America, a podcast by Randolph College. My name is Maya Elliott, and I am a history major in my senior year. My experience with the subject of my assigned book has been complicated. Malcolm X was a figure I'd heard of in the most basic of terms. What I knew about him was that he was considered to be the exact opposite to Martin Luther King Jr. in terms of their beliefs about integrating white society. Additionally, I knew that he was assassinated. With that in mind, I chose to dive into his book with an open mind to learn more about the most controversial figure of the civil rights movement. The autobiography of Malcolm X was told by Malcolm X, but written by Alex Haley, the author of Roots, the Saga of an American Family. Haley completed the book following a series of interviews with a civil rights activist. We will discuss more of Malcolm's background in a moment, but first, I would like to tell you about Haley. He at first made the acquaintance of Malcolm in 1959, when Haley was trying to interview him on the Nation of Islam. It was an awkward first impression, with Malcolm accusing Haley of being a white man's tool sent to spy. Haley did not receive an interview with Malcolm X. Instead, he got one from Elijah Muhammad. But he did receive Malcolm's compliments once the interview was published. Haley would get Malcolm in Malcolm's good graces after he interviewed him for Playboy magazine, and this would lead to a casual working relationship between the two. In early 1963, Haley was approached by Playboy with the idea of making an autobiography for Malcolm X. He asked Malcolm for his permission to do so, and after some hesitation, he finally agreed. It wasn't an easy journey to write in the book at first. There was a slight conflict of personalities and interests with Malcolm, more interested in talking about being a Muslim and the rhetoric of Elijah Muhammad rather than his own life. A breakthrough came when Malcolm X was ranting to Haley about an interaction with critics of Muhammad. During a pause, Haley asked him about his mother. In a moment that seemed almost humanizing, Malcolm became more willing to discuss his own life. The book itself was published a few months after the assassination of Malcolm X, and as such, includes in the epilogue Haley's account of his death, the very rea various reactions of people, and the aftermath of his funeral. As such, there is a sense that the epilogue is almost a eulogy from Haley to Malcolm. Since this book is an autobiography, the book is about the life of Malcolm X as told by himself. It starts at the beginning of his life, with him describing his parents to 1965, sometime before his death. It goes through all the major life events, including when he was removed from his home as a child, his conversion to Islam, his relationship with his wife, the rise and disillusionment with Elijah Muhammad, and his reconciliation on the idea that integration would not be impossible. The entire book is an introspection and examination on how Malcolm became the man he would be known for. He was living during the heart of the civil rights movement, yet he was not fully associated within the same vein as Martin Luther King Jr., primarily due to his more different views. We meet a variety of people who would play a part in shaping Malcolm. There was his father, a preacher who died under suspicious circumstances, presumed to be murdered by a white supremacist organization. His mother, who after distressing gaslighting she received from state workers for being a black single mother in the 1930s, was sent to a mental facility. 
Malcolm also had many siblings who influenced him from his older half-sister, Ella, a woman who made a strong impression on him and allowed him to live with her up in Boston. There were his brothers, Philbert and Reginald, who introduced Malcolm to Islam, though Reginald was the one that was able to convince Malcolm to join their religion and even impart on him his views on white people. Then there is his most infamous relationship, his relationship with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the leader of the Nation of Islam and his mentor. The name was introduced to him by Malcolm's siblings, who were also members of the Nation of Islam. He would later write to him from prison, and from there would become a devoted disciple of his teachings. Later on, Malcolm would leave the Nation of Islam following his disillusionment about the actions and hypocrisies of Muhammad. As I mentioned before, I originally knew very little about Malcolm X, but the overall impression I got from him was that he wasn't someone to emulate in the same vein as Martin Luther King Jr. And to a certain extent, at least from my personal views, he isn't. In the beginning of his influence on the civil rights movement, he was very outspoken against things like integration. He believed that white men would never give up the hold they had on America, so there wasn't really a point in trying to sway them. It was more important to preserve the identity and true history of black people without bowing down to the white man. And it was true that he wasn't against using violence as a form of protest. But there were many aspects of Malcolm X that are often overlooked. One important part to Malcolm's character was his religion. His siblings had converted before him, and it was his two brothers who approached him about converting. He was told that Islam was the natural religion for the black man. And I feel that when Reginald told him how the devil was the white man and Malcolm had time to reflect on those words, it left a huge impact on him. He had thought about all the white people in his life that had let him down, from the state workers that split his family up to the judge that sentenced him. And from his recollection, I can understand why he felt that way. It wasn't that every white person Malcolm interacted with acted towards him with malicious intent. It was that his interactions with white people always reminded him that he wasn't like them, that he was an outsider. I think the best example comes from when he was younger and was attending a school that was predominantly white. He was alone with an English teacher that he had a good rapport with in order to receive advice about his career path. Malcolm had told him that he wanted to be a lawyer, even though it wasn't really something he considered. What his teacher told him stuck with him in an unfortunately negative way. To quote, and pardon the language, Malcolm, one of, life's, one of life's first needs is for us to be realistic. Don't misunderstand me now. We all here like you, you know that. But you've got to be realistic about being a nigger. A lawyer, that's no realistic goal for a nigger. You need to think about something you can be. Why don't you plan on carpentry? People like you as a person, you get all kinds of work. This advice was given to Malcolm by someone who liked him. It didn't matter that Malcolm was one of the top students in that school, or that he was a likable person to the people there. He was black, and that was the only important factor in how he had to lead his life. To make it worse, anytime a white student came to that teacher for advice about goals that might have been unrealistic for them, he would encourage them to try anyway. It was at that moment that Malcolm would feel that the divide between black and white people would never fully close if that was how a compassionate white person would act. So, I believe that those feelings of resentment towards 
the white folks and his predicament of being in jail at the time made way for Malcolm to be influenced by Elijah Muhammad. It was this equation of Malcolm being the Muhammad, being the head of the nation of Islam, that gave him the feelings of his word being gospel. An example of that is when Malcolm's brother Reginald, the brother that brought him into Islam, had sexual relationships that didn't match with the words of Islam. That led to him being expelled from the church. At first, Malcolm wrote to Elijah asking for him to forgive his brother. But then Muhammad wrote back mentioning that Reginald probably wasn't as devoted to Islam as he appeared. Malcolm became convinced to cut his brother out emotionally. It didn't bode well for Reginald's mental state, but the story will become ironic given that Elijah would later be caught doing similar transgressions. Since the book was published after Malcolm broke away from his personal and working relationship with Muhammad, it does look back at his devotion to Muhammad's teachings and how he mentally valued him before the moral downfall. I think it also shows another aspect to Malcolm that not many people comment on, and that's the fact that he isn't inflexible about what he believes in. Near the end of the book, Malcolm recounts how during his pilgrimage to Mecca, he saw people of different races being treated well. That influenced him to relax on a stance that integration between races was impossible. It's not that he began loving white people as much as certain black people, but he was willing to acknowledge that it took the two groups working together to fix the racial problems of America. I believe Malcolm X is a complicated figure, as many figures in history often are. I think the reason he has the reputation of being the angriest black man in America and often gets compared, occasionally in an unfavorable way, to Martin Luther King Jr., was because his methods were not seen as a, an acceptable form of protest compared to MLK, or that he was way more radical to a conservative view. And while I will admit I don't personally agree with his earlier view that he is known for, I do believe that the way people characterize him as always keeping those views of violence and segregation until the moment he died was an inaccurate representation of him. The reason I see this book as valuable is that it gives a more humanized view of Malcolm X, and while I do acknowledge that as an autobiography, there might be a case of unreliable narrator. Alex Haley, at the end, doesn't sugarcoat the more frustrating aspects of Malcolm's attitude originally, or downplay the impact that he had on others. I don't think the autobiography demonizes Malcolm or tries to place him on a pedestal. It just portrays an honest view of a controversial figure in the civil rights movement. That was it for this podcast. Thank you all for listening.